impact, income, and influence. Monica is a head therapist for the military. That's her day job. Her night job and what she's really passionate about is being a high-performance coach and getting her clients to break through the things that hold them back. In today's podcast, we discuss the similarities between the two and how there is some overlap and how she uses training from her military background to help her clients break through in life coaching. She is a wonderful person and has a lot of stuff to share with us. Enjoy. Impact, income, and influence. It's the three things that are most important to entrepreneurs today, and that's what this podcast is all about. If you're a coach, consultant, author, blogger, YouTuber, creator, or entrepreneur who believes what they do can change the world, this podcast is dedicated to you. I'm Steve Warner, and welcome to Impact, Income, and Influence. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Grow Your Income Impact and Influence. My name is Steve Warner. I am your host. And today I am joined by the CEO of Decide to Move. She is also a licensed therapist in the military. So she deals with the most difficult, crazy cases in the world. She knows how to get results in the toughest of circumstances for her clients. Monica Bijou, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Steve. And thank you for saying my name correctly because, you know, people mess up anything that's French, they add all kind of extra letters to it. <laughs> Tell us where you're from because I think this is the coolest place in the world. Yes, I'm originally from New Orleans, hence the last name Bijou. It means jewel. So, those that are listening that's never had a French lesson, you just got your first. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. Starting the show off with some knowledge. Well, Monica, take us back to the beginning because right now your business, your decide to move business and you have a podcast by the same name that is taking off like crazy. It wasn't always like that. Like, how did you get started doing that? And what were some of the things that got you to where you are today? Take us back to the beginning. Oh yeah. So my beginning will actually have to be like, like young, young days, honestly. And, you know, um, like most of us, we not everybody was born with, you know, spoons in their mouth, like silver spoons in their mouth, as they've said. I was actually born, you know, where I had a lot of uh, physical, emotional, as well as sexual abuse. And I made it, I just, from a young age, had made it a point of saying, I want to be able to help other people never have to go through the same things I did. Like, I understood that the things that I had went through were pretty much like generational stuff. Like, you know, my mother's mother was abusive and her mother, you know, had left her uh, with a family because her, my grandmother on my mother's side is half Senegal and half Creole. So her mother was like a princess or whatever from from Senegal. And when she got pregnant by a Creole, because she went to Diller University, she left my grandmother with a family and basically who were very abusive. So you're talking about generations of abuse and people not really knowing how to break that cycle. Well, I was determined to be the one to break that cycle. Um, unfortunately, at the age of 15, my mother put me out uh, because of some stuff that she with her own stuff. And I end, I was in Missouri at this time because we moved around a lot. I say by the time that I was uh, 15, I moved around like 20 times. So when she put me out, my father sent for me, um, went back to New Orleans and 
my father put me in a college preparatory school. So at that point, I got to be around like-minded people and people who understood like, you know, can be sporty and like jocks and also be really smart, like nerds or whatever you call it. And I balanced both because I always played sports and I always, you know, did really well in school. And so I just, from that point, was able to really figure out who I was as a person and what I wanted to do. And I always, like I said, wanted to really help people grow and so I always said I wanted to be a therapist a counselor and then once I got into that I was like you know I see a lot of business owners that are struggling and the how that came about by me being in the military there was a lot of my fellow veterans that were retiring and when they were going into the we call it the civilian world a lot of them were really having a hard time they didn't know where to get started they you know had this ambition but they were scared because you're talking about 20 something years of being in one place most of them started at the age of 18 and had no experience of what life was outside of the comfort of the military. And so I would always help. I started doing, you know, got certified as a life coach before I even got fully licensed as a therapist. And then I just started finding myself incorporating both of them of helping because as a coach, you know, you have that little middle piece, the piece that covers therapy and coaching. And then you have the outer layers. Well, for me, I'm able to help with both because not every person that comes to see a therapist needs to continue to see a therapist. They now need to start seeing maybe a coach or they come to you for something that doesn't really need therapy. They just need coaching along the way. So I'm able to help with both. And then as I started seeing it more and more, asking, getting asked more and more questions, I made it a point of saying, you know what? I'm gonna actually end up um, starting my company, decide to move, which is a whole nother story all within itself, how that name came about. Um, and, and the rest has been history because I actually helped an entrepreneur who, was struggling and I was seeing how he was just all over the place. And I just went in and provided some strategies with him. And he ended up going from making like $100 once a week and here, there, little money here and there to making six figures in like six months. And so um, I was like, okay. And so I started applying those strategies, which is each letter and decide to move is a, a strategy. And I started applying it to my life and then just everything that I did and the people around me and I saw the success that it had. And I was like, oh, okay. So when it was time for me to start my business, I had to stick with the name. Man, we just covered 30 years in 30 seconds. I love it. Exactly. I'm good about that, right? <laughs> so I want to go back. I want to unpack a couple things that I heard in mm -hmm. there. So the first thing is, um, I would love your take on, so you grew up, you moved a whole bunch, yeah. and that actually instilled in you this drive to help other people. When you... When your mom put you out and you moved with your dad, what kind of reality shift did you have? Were you going to public school in like moving around and then you ended up going to a private school when you lived with your dad? So you got to see a completely different side? Yes. Uh, go uh, ahead. Well, the school in New Orleans was still, it was, it was a, a college preparatory school. So you had to take a test to get in. It still was considered public. However, you had to get tested just to even be able to enter into the school. And so based on my scores, they didn't even make me uh, take a test. I was like, you know, okay, okay. just started. So 
So Honestly, you know, it was so weird when you asked about the shift. I remember when my mother put me out and she made a comment, like she was telling me where not to go, like, don't go to this person's house. And I remember looking up the stairs and looking at her. And at that moment, it was like something came over me. And I was like, lady, you just put me out. You cannot tell me what to do from this point forward. And it was just like weird, like this huge sense of like uh like ownership and authority and so it was kind of like for me the end of abuse but the beginning of a new me without me even really understanding what was happening in that moment but I felt this huge sense of empowerment in that moment so you know when people look at tragedies and they you know hear and they go oh my god that was so horrible for me I'm actually thankful for all the trials tribulations and everything because it, I wouldn't be the person I am right now today if it wasn't for the things that I had went through honestly well, that's my hat is off to you because I think that is we we're all given a choice, right? Bad things happen to everybody. You're given a choice into how you react to it. And even at that young age, you didn't take a victim mentality set. You just and you also didn't take an anger set. I mean, maybe you did. I don't you you don't seem like you're angry. You're just like, cool, I'm on my own. This is what I'm doing. And that's where that sense of empowerment comes from, right? Um, we get to grab that and move forward with it. So you refuse to take the victim mentality and you move forward in your own power. And I think that anybody who has ever been a victim, anyone who has ever had something happen to them that chooses instead to take it as a point of, this is me, I'm taking the responsibility. They're the ones who are successful in life, I feel like. So you learned that at a very, very young age. Yeah, I think, you know, honestly, I think that with everything happening, I always felt like I was looking at my life through glasses, like it was happening to someone else. And I'm here, this is like this, you know, looking at it from a, a like up above while it's happening. And it just, I always just felt weird. Like this can't be true. This can't be my life. This is not really happening. And then I also understood that my mother was a victim of her own circumstances. Like she's a product of her environment. And that's one of the things that I always say with my, you know, as my slogan, not really a slogan, but a reality that you can be a product of your environment or the fruit of your labor you decide. And I always say decide to move because oftentimes we, it is a decision, like a, a decision of, am I going to allow myself to be victim and be upset and be angry? Or I need to go into action mode of figuring out where am I going to go? What am I going to do? How is this going to happen? So I think I was so busy into being in going, like making smart decisions, then looking at her and just saying, oh my gosh, woman, you're so mean, you're so evil. Uh, but when you talk about being angry, honestly, uh, I have to like actually add this part because I know that, you know, I don't want people that's listening saying, oh my gosh, she's just, you know, how can she never be upset? It wasn't until I, in 2015, when my mother had a massive heart attack and I ended up having to, I was in Germany and I had to take leave and, and go down to where she's living and take care of her. And I was there for like five weeks. But during the time we were there, uh, she was seeing a therapist and she asked me to go with her. And I did not realize it's like, you know, somebody asks you a question, like they poke, you know, poke a little thing in a balloon burst, or like you have that drip of water and that one drip opens up this dam. Well, that's how I felt like, you know, that one little drip that I can't even remember what the therapist asked me, but I remember looking at my mother and just saying, you know, I resent you. I resent you for the fact that you were not there for me when I needed you, when I needed you to be a mother for me, you were not there. And now here I am having to be the caregiver. 
And for that end up being such a release and a freeing moment. And I think that happens to a lot of us that when we don't give ourselves to be honest with ourselves, you can be resentful and be upset about a situation, but it doesn't mean that you have to be evil with it. And so when I just told her honestly how I felt and how I just really felt slighted, that fact that you, you know, just weren't there. And so there's times like where she would be like, make sure you pack and do this. And I'm like, lady, I'm in, that's what I would call my mom when she get upset, call her lady. I'm like, I'm in the freaking military. Like I know how to pack, you know, my stuff. And then she's like, huh, just let me be a mother. And I was, and in that moment, I was just like, okay, you know, you have to, that's your hurt and your pain and stuff that you have to make up for. And so I can just give you space to do whatever you feel like you need to do. Cause you're not attempting to hurt me. You're not doing anything to be resentful at this moment. And you're dealing with your own hurt and pain. So when she just said that, like, can you just let me be a mother, even though I was in, I'm not going to date myself, but it is up there. Um, <laughs> in my forties, I was just like, okay, fine. So when she says, pack this, pack that, I'm just like, okay. Well, that's, I mean, you bring up a really good point. You actually mentioned it earlier and I was going to touch on it, uh, but you got to it before me, you brought it back up. When people do things, it has very little to do with us 99% of the time. And we shouldn't take ownership of that, like disassociating ourselves and saying, you know what, they're doing that because of something that happened to them. They're doing that because of the way they were raised, their internal structure. What they do is having nothing to do with me. Suddenly we stop taking things personally and we can step back and have a much healthier relationship to it. I feel like we're talking about some therapy stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I think you learned this at a young age. So then you go to college, you go and you start Tell me, take me from going to school, going to a college prep school with honestly amazing grades. You tested very well to get in. How did you go through then becoming a therapist in the military? Because that seems like a, a big jump. There is a big jump. So there's some more stuff that happened in between there. So of course, you know, I didn't understand anything about love. I didn't understand anything about relationships or anything else like that. And, um, Without, you know, without going too, too far into the backstory, I end up being introduced to this guy and he took advantage of me. I end up getting pregnant at 16 and had my daughter at 17. Uh, by, the, by that time, my mother was feeling super guilty of which, you know, putting me out. So she made me return back to where she was living when I was 17. And so like six weeks later after getting there, I actually gave birth to my daughter, but she never knew I was pregnant. And so once she found out that I was, and this is not to bash my mom, but this is just truth and reality. You know, um, she literally called me every name in the book and put me down. I was, you know, always had been told I was stupid, dumb, ugly, you wouldn't amount to anything. And, you know, I I'd often fought, even though I got good grades, I never really felt like I was the stuff. I never got to the point of feeling like I was, you know, like I was going to be great and make it, even though I had this little inkling inside of me that there was more to me than what was shown or told to me. So um, she made me go back at 17. At 18, I moved out and I hadn't went back. And so that's why from 18 to, uh, how old was I? Like, so 43 or something like that. Um, I literally had this huge piece of not wanting to, like, I never, like, really, I wasn't close to my mother. I didn't understand her. She didn't understand me the whole bit. Well, I understood her because, you know, I was a therapist and understood what was I seeing, but even before being a therapist, but she never really understood me. And she often would attempt to make comments based on how I was when I was 12 and 13. I'm like, you don't even know me. Um, 
So the jump in between there, after I had my daughter, I was determined that, you know, I was wanted to prove to my daughter that your life circumstances doesn't have to dictate who you become, you make that decision. So, you know, I often ask people when you hear about a 17 year old have a child out of wedlock, what do they become? What happens to them? And majority of my, like, even I'll ask my clients that when they're telling me, well, it's me, they'll say, oh, they're usually on some type of state assistance. Uh, they'll never amount to anything. They'll have a lot of kids and different things like that. And I say to them, you know, you're absolutely right. But instead, she's sitting in front of you as not only your therapist, but she's got three masters working on her doctorate. She's a bestseller now author. She, you know, and I just go through the whole bit. And I say, so stop letting people tell you what you're going to become. You make that happen. So um, what got me into the military, I was working uh, for hospitals, working with patients came in critical and who died working with their families. Um, I went back to school, um, got my, my bachelor's and went got back to back masters. So two masters. And then when right, um, I kept getting this really huge premonition because I'm a very spiritual person that I'm supposed to be going into help being a therapist, helping people. And I, you know, like, okay. And then it was like going into the military. I was like, oh no, the Lord and I had some serious conversations and I did everything in my power not to go. And finally, when I turned 35, I was like, okay, fine. So I'm gonna call the recruiter because I think the limit is 35, you know, me being smart alecky, but at the same time trying to be obedient. So I called the recruiter and he's like, oh no, as a therapist working medical, it's 42. And I was like, no, <laughs> I remember that moment. So I went ahead and that's when I went ahead and finished and got, and this was all before I even got my, my actual second master's, my therapy um, license. And so I went ahead and um, went and little and got picked up and got commissioned in the military. And then it's been a part of my life since then. So you talk about a life of a journey. It has been a journey. I'm almost 50. Most people think I'm younger than that. Um, so yeah, so that's- You got great energy. <laughs> Thanks. You know, so, I refuse to let other things hold me down. You definitely do. So I want to go then, you're in the military, you're a therapist. We kind of talked how you became a coach and helping people. What I'd like you to enunciate a little bit more is the difference between a therapist and a coach. My sisters are therapists, right? They they take care of people. I feel like the difference, I, I've always tried to talk to them about it because I think she would make a great coach and I think she might be a little bit more fulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, if she listens to this, I'm sure I'll get an earful. But I would love to hear <laughs> you tell us the difference between a therapist and a coach and how you integrate the two. Yes. So just real quick and simple and easy without going too deep into it. As a therapist, we actually diagnose people. We actually, you know, uh, walk a person through things. Like I'll, I'll start where a person started, you know, from limiting, but like, and actually this is where the, the mixture is because as a coach, you can work on limiting beliefs and different things like that. You think about like a basketball coach, they'll show you the play and now you got to execute. Whereas a therapist, they actually do a little bit, a lot more. It can, you know, they can work with you for a long, long, long time. Um, I work with trauma clients. And so a lot of times my clients that are, you know, going through anything traumatic, and that's whether it's combat, sexual abuse, um, military sexual trauma, just a lot of different things. I literally make sure that I start where my client is, right? And that's actually both coaching and therapy. But from therapy, you're going a lot deeper 
Um, and it's a lot more intensive, as I would say. When I do coaching, to me, I can have a full therapy day and then come home and do coaching because I'm not like, I find out where you are, give you some strategies, and then you go do your thing. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, I get what you're, what I hear you saying is as a coach, it's more just giving them the strategy, listening to people and helping them a little bit with their limiting belief. Whereas therapy, you're doing a lot deeper work. You're dealing with people who have trauma and you're specifically diving deep into that trauma to heal it. It's not about, it's more about healing than opposed to giving strategies, changing like you're not direction giving the therapy and clients strategies, right? That comes later. And that's why I said, sometimes your therapy clients become where they just are now ready for coaching. They've taken all the treatment modality, like, and we're using evidence-based treatment modalities, stuff that is like, you know, can be pretty intensive. It, you know, there's tears happening. Now you have business owners that be crying too. I mean, you know, because, you know, like, <laughs> hey, I want to be making way more than I am, but they're crying from a different place. But where I find the bridge is the fact that when you don't resolve some of the stuff that you have gone through, like say, for instance, if I was not uh, quite healed from my trauma or things that I happened, it oozes out in the way that you treat people, you're always mistrusting, you're resentful, you're, you know, attacking people, you're coming off from a very different place when you are working with, uh, so when I'm working with a, a, a client, like a coaching client, I won't, I won't do therapy with them. Like literally, if I find that they're not even at a place where they're really actually even ready for coaching and they got a lot of unresolved stuff that's just coming out, I would recommend that they follow up with actually finding themselves someone that can help them with whatever I see is going on. And I, without saying you need to go see a therapist um, <laughs> because of the fact that they're not coachable. Like at that point, they're not coachable. They've got too many... I'll give you a prime example. I had one time a person called me for um, a consultation and she's an, you know, an author. And so she wanted to, you know, find out about coaching because understanding as an author, you're, you're being an author is a business. And some people don't understand that it really is a business. And so she was, you know, said to me, she was ready for a coach. However, once she got on the phone, she literally started going to this backstory of how she was hurt and was in a car accident and this happened. And she had to go through all that. That means that you're not ready for a coach because I don't need to know all that in order for me to start helping you with your strategies. Like you literally feel like you, like, is this a coaching set? And I had to stop her and I go, I know that I'm a therapist, but I never advertise that on my website because for Decide to Move, we do not do therapy. So I, I just want to understand what did you want us to be working on? Well, I feel like I need to tell you this backstory so that way you can understand where I am. But then that means that you need to go talk to a therapist because not being funny and not being rude, but yeah. that's not this type of call. And so you can see, for me, I can easily pick up and tell when somebody's ready. Like, I don't know, have you have seen that? Because you have psychology background as well. I do. So, so have you seen where someone calls you and you're like, mm. well, that's sadly... <laughs> I don't know if it's sadly I, in the entrepreneur world, there are people who come up and they are 100% in victim mentality. That's, that's what I call yes. it. I can see it. They're like, Oh, such and such doesn't work. I've tried. Usually the thing that's, that's difficult is when I, when I left my corporate job in 2014, in order to become successful, I tried a lot of programs. I did a lot of things. I consumed a lot of information. The difference I feel is I, 
there were a couple programs that I tried that I got frustrated with because they didn't get the result that was promised. But I took that responsibility on myself to go find something new. The mm -hmm. people who come to me and they say, you know, I tried X, Y, Z and it didn't work and I hate it. And they go off on a tangent. I know right then you are in a victim mentality. You, you didn't take any positivity out of that. And chances are that you're more looking for a reason to fail than a reason to be successful. Exactly. And the minute I hear that, I, what I do, I try to give them some resources. I'll point out a book they should read. Mm -hmm. I'll usually recommend a Tony Robbins program um, that I don't tell them that they need help because somebody who needs help doesn't want to hear that they need help. Yeah. I don't tell them either. I give them same like you say resources without saying you need a therapist. Yep. <laughs> that's I mean, the biggest thing I look for, though, is the victim mentality by far, mm -hmm. because that's the thing I feel like whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're in the corporate world, whatever you're doing in your life, success comes down to me to two things. And then they're kind of the same. One is always taking responsibility and having a positive attitude or a proactive attitude whatever the opposite of victim mentality is, right? Mm -hmm. In NLP, it's called being at cause or being at effect, Yeah. right? Um, that's the first thing. And the second thing is taking action and moving forward, not letting yourself be fearful, future pacing yourself instead of looking behind you. You're going to go through failure. The failure isn't over here and success isn't over here. They're like this. You yep. have to go through failure to find success. That's, that's part of the journey. And you have to embrace your fear and move forward move through it in courage. Um, those are the two things that I feel make the biggest thing, the biggest forward momentum, the biggest difference in whether you're successful in life or not. Um, but this show is not about me. It is about you, Monica. So <laughs> I want to hear which one do you like more therapy or coaching? I like them both. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to no, come and back I'm going to tell one. you why, <laughs> because I absolutely love working with trauma clients because I love, you know, when, when someone comes into my office one way where they feel like there's no hope, they've given up, they can't sleep, they're having nightmares and they're plagued by something that is, you know, they feel like there's no way to move forward and they don't see anything. They're not there. It's hard for them to see future oriented because they like, I'll give you one example. I have a client that had been having PTSD for 20 years and he's seen multiple therapists. I get the hardest of the hard and he, so when he started seeing me, I literally was, uh, he was transferred to me from another therapist. And so he literally was at a point where he's thinking, you know, I'm just going to go to therapy. I mean, it's not going to help, but at least I'm saying that I'm going and I'm talking to someone. And then as we're working together, he's like, you're different. Like, and he actually had that where we were working on the treatment modalities. Like I've already done this before, but you know what, for some reason, I feel like you're going to be different. So I'm just going to do it your way. And so we started working. He was like, no, this is different. Like, I mean, I understand it's got the same name, but the way you break things down is so different. But seeing a person that breaks free from that brings me so much joy. And then when I'm working with a coaching client for their business and they come to me and they're like so confused, they don't know where to start. They like got, you know, these different uh, strategies that are all over the place, but they're not based on who they are and it doesn't resonate with them, which is what I do. I focus on where, who they are and give them the strategies, the actions plans based on them because you're not going to do something that doesn't resonate with you and it doesn't, it 
to goes against who you your values um and then seeing them be successful those kind of things just make me happy so i don't know i mean it's really hard to say they are on totally two different spectrums you, you like seeing you like seeing the success yeah. whether it is coaching or therapy so i want to move towards the coaching because the show is for entrepreneurs yeah. and people making a difference in the world. So talk to me about when somebody comes in, you said that you take them through a decide to move system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what that looks like. And how do you how do you evaluate somebody that just comes in? If they're not in a victim mentality, if there's somebody that would be your dream client, how do you start working with them? And how do you get them moving forward? So there's this little exercise that I do that literally breaks down so much for me without me even having to ask them a question. Um, because I am uh, also certified as a hypnotherapist, there's a little exercise that we do without actually having a person go through um, like actually being hip, you know, hypnotized or anything. But it's basically, I have, it looks at their mindset around money, success, their boundaries, uh, how they show up in the world, how they view themselves and what's their, how far do they feel like they're able to go. And this little simple exercise, it takes about five to seven minutes that I do. It's called the road, I call it the road, the journey to self-discovery. And once I do that, and then I, I interpret for them, they're like, oh my gosh, like I wouldn't have been able to tell you that I'm struggling with this. And so once we do that, then I actually know without them even having to go through this huge questionnaire of really what happens. Cause with, you know, NLP and also like with hypno you're going to the person's subconscious this is a part that does not lie so they can actually tell me that they want to be an entrepreneur that's making six seven figures but they don't really believe it you know they're not going to actually say that well i, I want to make six figures but i don't believe it they're not going to automatically say that or i want to be successful but i don't believe it so i'll have a client that may come to me and they you know, will say, I believe that, you know, I'm going to make six figures, but I just don't know how, and I'm really struggling. I feel like, you know, I've always was raised where money was after we interpret it, they'll can go into details that money is, you know, uh, like they have just little nuances of things that was told to them about money. And, you know, it ended up like money makes, you know, it's evil or money makes you, you know, do crazy things. And so, yeah, I want to be successful, but I feel like if I do, my family go against me. So all of that comes out after they do this exercise. And then from there, we actually start working on taking away some of those limiting beliefs, which takes Holly, like no time at all for me. And then they can actually start moving towards wherever they want to go. So if they're an author and they want to write that book or they want to know how to um, promote their book or they've already written a book, I, I actually start helping them based on where they are and what's the next what, what's the next step? Where do they want to see themselves in six months or a year? Because I usually have my clients sign at least a six-month contract because we know nothing happens overnight and they have to be dedicated and consistent. And then I provide accountability with them for that. Nice. So talk to me about what you think the biggest limiting beliefs are that people have. Is it always around money? Money and success, honestly, and then lack of boundaries. So Okay, walk me through all three of those because I I love that you brought up boundaries. We're going to finish up with boundaries. But talk to me about talk about money a little bit. A lot of people have that programming from when they're young whether they know it or not. And they it's two competing sides, right? You have mm -hmm. I want to be rich, I want to be successful, I want to be prosperous, but then there's a huge amount of guilt and shame and negativity around it. How do you shift that? 
Yeah, so it literally, when you're working with someone that does have that limiting beliefs and stuff like that, one of the biggest things, like when somebody's telling me, well, I, you know, I was always told by my mother, you know, whatever, like, you know, just whatever was told, I'm like, okay, well, you know, we, we, I do this thing called a tape recorder. Okay, so we're going to stop the tape recorder, hit rewind, and now let's record exactly, I do a little NLP and everything too, um, record what you actually want it to be. What would you have liked to be said? And then based on the experience and the things that you've seen would have actually been the reason the truth behind that because oftentimes we you know we feel like the things that people have said to us are truth and then I ask the person a magical question has that person always been right everything they've ever told you have been absolutely 100 correct and they usually have to say no and I'm like so do you feel like they could have possibly been incorrect in this particular situation huh Maybe. So if they were incorrect, if they weren't on, that wasn't the fact, what would be truthful to you? And so then we start working on that part. And that way it just does this whole little, I don't even understand, like I do, but I don't of where it shifts for people, you know, where they're like, oh, I never thought about that. And so then that way we can actually start working through that. I had one client that that was exactly how she came to me. And then like, after us doing this little exercise, she was just like, okay, I'm ready to be seen. I'm ready to get my stuff. Let me go ahead and do this summit. And because, uh, you know, she's told me, she's like, you're worth every penny because you don't be playing. Because <laughs> it's like, if I know that you have the ability to get what you say you want to get, I, it is my job and my mission is to help you get there based on what is comfortable for you. And so for me, it's so important to find out the real truth insights of what's happening with my clients and not no surfacey stuff, you know, without it being therapy, but really getting to the root of, okay, do you really feel like and believe you're gonna be successful with your money? And then we start coming up with a full solid plan of making that happen. Awesome. So let's talk about boundaries now. How do you mm -hmm. see people having a hard time with boundaries? Like what what are the things that come up for you? I can tell you got a lot of stuff around this. So I'll let you yeah. take it. You know, it's so funny because boundaries is something that if we, people often think that boundaries is something that's bad when someone tells someone no. And this is the best one. Like when people say how to say no without guilt. Well, the easiest thing I teach people is that when you say no, it's really like, is they kind of go into more details like say for instance let's use my time for instance um oftentimes i'll help people that want to pile stuff on my plate because we as human beings we all are in it for ourselves right we have that little piece nugget of some selfishness in there so our goal is to get a person to do what we want to want the you know what we want them to do for us so, but my goal is to protect my time and my space and my energy. So when someone comes to me and they're like, hey, I need you to sign this or, hey, I need you to do that. It's like, uh, no, I can't do it right now. But if you stick it, sit it here, I'll get, as soon as I get to it, I'll let you know. Or if someone says, hey, I need to do this, this and that, not right now, but how about at this time? So it's really about giving a person, satisfying the person's mind of when can we do it? Because oftentimes we come whatever we know, we don't know. We just say, hey, I want to have this meeting, but people don't know the conversation to say, hey, I want to have this meeting. When are you available? It's kind of like, hey, let's meet. Are you available now? And instead of going, no, it's like, 
not right now, but how about mm, about two o'clock today, later today, or how about on Friday? So that's like a simple boundary with time that a lot of people struggle with that, you know, it's, they like, oh, you know, my, my things to do list, it keeps piling up. No, only if you let it, because if that thing is not your priority, I will get to it. It just won't be right now. Well, that's, I mean, what you're also bringing up, I think you, you probably know this, you'll see it right away, but it's, are you a victim or are you taking responsibility? If you're taking responsibility for it, you won't just let people pile up. You'll say, you know what? I would love to help you out with that. Let me find time in my calendar. I would love to help you with that, but I don't work for free. I would love to help you with that. And this is how we can continue, right? That's a building a positive non-victim mentality. You are being Mm -hmm. at cause instead of being affected by everything around you. Exactly. And it also keeps you from being resentful. Well, that's one of the things that I refuse to do is when people are, you know, slide into my messenger, you know, DM and they want some free coaching. So how do you, I go about this. And I'm like, one thing I do not do is do coaching through messenger because I don't understand or know your situation. Here's, excuse me, here's my calendar and feel free to schedule a call, a consultation call. Nice. You know, I actually call it virtual tea. A virtual nice. tea with Monica and, um, and, and simple as that. And they, and I've actually gotten several clients that way where they have reached out to me because they've heard me speak or something and they want to uh, follow up on something that, you know, not what I said, but something that's pertaining to them. Like, oh, how can I do that? You yeah. know, I don't know your situation. And that's one thing is that I am accountable for what I say and what I do. And I never want to leave someone astray. That means that I'd be giving you advice without knowing the full answer. And that's not to me. Okay. And so that's when I actually schedule them for a consultation call or like virtual tea with Monica. And then they'll end up saying, well, can I work with you? And it's like, sure. But my intent is not to, you know, like we all want to go into actually having clients that want book and want to work with us, but it's true truly is, I just don't do coaching because of the fact that I have to hold myself accountable to the things that I say to a person. So uh, I, that's my boundary. I won't do it. And so I'm very clear with my boundaries. And so people have learned to respect them because I'm quick to say, mm, nope, sorry. Well, you the, know? At the end of the day, we train people on how to treat us. That's what I tell people all the time. Your number one job is to teach people how to treat you because they don't know. They're coming from their own experience. So they're going to treat you with what's familiar to them or what other people have allowed them to do. So, Monica, I got one more question for you. What is something that you can give people at home that you think can either help them overcome a limiting belief or help them to start setting some boundaries. If they're listening to this and they're like, what's something that I can just incorporate into my life? What's on exercise that you would tell them to use? Well, actually, you know what? I actually have two freebies that's on my website. One's called Millionaire Mindset Secrets and the other one is called Mindset to Action. And they both are focused on mindset. And the reason why it's so important is that I've I've heard some people go, mindset, oh my gosh. But if you don't start with really understanding and being very clear of what direction you want to go into around whatever you want to do, Sometimes I've had, I've interviewed several entrepreneurs that are multimillionaires and they each have said that because of the fact, if they, because most, some of them were focused on making the money, 
and not establishing relationships, not understanding their boundaries, not understanding their mindset around any of those things, they end up making a big mistake. I remember one guy, he was saying that he remembers after he made his first million, standing you know, in his yard and like kind of looked down like this little cliff. And he was like, just felt this sense of sadness. Like, yeah, I made it, but what do I have to show for it? Who, what do I have to have for it? So one of the things I ask people is that, you know, when you're saying starting from the beginning is really understanding your why, why you're doing what you're choosing to do. Why are you, you know, want to make seven figures? Why are you wanting to start that business? Why? Like, so, because that's going to be your foundation and that little nugget that keeps you grounded and back to reality when things start going astray. Or when you're feeling like, you know, why am I doing this? Or why this is so hard? What is your why of why you why are you in your business and doing what you do? Um, that's what keeps me grounded and keeps me focused on continuing to push forward and be successful and stay, you know, not ever becoming a victim because there are so many people that I want to help that have been victimized and to take that away from them. Nice. Where can people find your website. What's your what's yeah. your web address? It's decide to move.com. And it's because of this, uh, they don't have to put the www or anything. They can just put decide to move.com. And, and so it has like freebies and connections to me, all of my social media and everything else like that. And if they wanted to book a free consultation call, can they do that on your website? Yes. Yes. There's links to that as well. In fact, it's right at the top. Awesome. Monica, you have been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for sharing so much of your time, knowledge, and wisdom. It was a lot of fun to have you on here. It sure, Steve, thank you. Cause this is, I, from the moment that I met you, I was like, we're going to get along great. <laughs> and it truly has been. I thank you for allowing me to be on your show. No problem. Um, to everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you go and check out Monica's website. The links are in the description below, or you can just go to decidetomove.com. Until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Nothing has the ability to grow your business more than a powerful one-to-many sales presentation. If you're looking to scale your business, get your message out to more people and close more sales in an easy and straightforward manner, head over to deathtobadwebinars.com and grab your free course today. Thanks for tuning into the show and we'll see you next time.